0: And now your hosts for today's show. Hello and welcome to the living room. It's nice to have you with us. My name is Christy and I'm joined today by my co-host Heather, as well as <laughs> Michelle, Jody, Kate, Kate, Connie, and Jana. Yay! We are so happy to get to chat today. It's a little bit of a difficult topic today. Um, Recently, I was sitting around a campfire with a bunch of women, and we were discussing boundaries, privacy, and what a parent's responsibility is as it relates to our kids, specifically about social media and their phones and all of these new things we have coming at our kids in these days that we live in. Um, As parents and caregivers, and the adult role models of children. We are raising children in a really challenging time. Today's world has instant access to information that allows our children more possibilities to encounter danger than ever before. I think we'd all agree that it's a lot more of a dangerous place than when we were growing up.
1: Um,
0: We want to respect our children's individuality and privacy while at the same time defining boundaries that will help them to be safe. So today, we're going to be asking some tough questions, and I'm just going to throw them out there, and then we'll delve into them a little bit. First, how do we keep our kids safe? How do we do that while respecting their privacy and maintaining a relationship built on trust? Are simultaneous safety, privacy even possible? And how much snooping is too much? So that's what we're going
2: into today. (laughs) There's never too much. Never
0: <laughs> too much. There's yeah.
3: never too much snooping. I'm uh, currently watching on a monitor all three of my children. <laughs> can And they're 40 miles away. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we're. I'm really lucky to be in this group of women where we say we're at various ages and stages of life, and we really are. And I have young kids, and my oldest is just entering into these issues. And I'm very lucky to be surrounded by women who have older children and have been there and... and I'm happy to benefit from their wisdom, but we have on our staff here, our co-host Heather, who is not only a co-host, but an expert in family science, and she's going to give us a
2: few statistics. Okay, so a couple things just to take into consideration. Findings right now show us that 77% of kids between the age of 12 and 17 have a cell phone. That's a huge number, mm. right? So most children are toting around a cell phone all day. Thirty percent of kids send more than one hundred text messages every day, and that is—they're is, going to school. They're going to time, school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to school. Older ones have jobs, right? That is a lot. I mean, we send text messages, but that's a big number for our thirteen and fourteen-year-olds to be sending every single day. Twenty-eight percent of teens admit to sending inappropriate pictures through text messages. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at almost a third again that are sending things that they shouldn't, things that we would be very concerned about as parents. Now, on the parental aspect, six in ten parents keep really close tabs on their children's internet and phone usage. One in ten parents have said that they've gone out of their way to discover a child's password. So they've done footwork, ground, you know, snoop, done all they needed (laughs) to find that password that they wanted. And one in five say that they've been very shocked by what they found. And so they're not liking what they see as parents. 60% of parents say that they read their kids' text, Facebook, and emails so that they're doing that. Do you guys read your kids' stuff? I mean, without I, going into it, yet, are we, it yeah. are it, we Are yeah. we in their space?
4: I, I'm in their space more than I thought I would be. I have um, a daughter that's 19, so college age, 16-year-old daughter, <clears throat> and then 14-year-old son. And 10 year old daughter. And I was one of those moms that looked out at the women going ahead of me and said, Oh, my kids will never have a cell phone at age such and such. <laughs> well, I never, my work. It. Yeah, it never no. works. Yeah. Because um, I love the thought that my 10-year-old, uh, for her anxiety, she has a phone, she can reach me. But it has caused me as a parent to be able to learn the dynamics of what's happening and what that means. And um, and so I've had a few years to do that. But I, I think um, in all aspects, I've been lucky that the times that I've looked, I've been prompted to feel like, oh, i better check it out. Oh, yes. And it's open to dialogue. Um, and there's been some things that that I have had had to discuss and say, Oh, and then not to be so terrified that, Oh my goodness. You know, if somebody's saying something not so, um, nice, not that it's inappropriate, but just they're braver to say things if they're unhappy, um, about something to another person than they would in person. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I had to realize is it's not, it's not a kid being bad per se, but at the same time teaching them that if you would never say that in person. So I've learned as I've gone along, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, what works, what it doesn't but I, I if you want to call me a snooper call me a snooper don't, but my snoop kids don't know talk. my kids I'm know I'm going to look Find into a cell. phone check and say hey hand over your phone I'm going to do a phone check real quick and it allows us to sure. you know
1: allows us to have a dialogue and to have it be open which is really important. I think that openness is really important. Mm-hmm. I refuse to use the word snooping because I don't think it is that. We just let our kids know that that's one of the factors, if they want the privilege of a selfie, sure. is that we have access to it. And we just let them know up front. And we rarely are digging in and reading yes. stuff. But like Jody, the times when we have, we've been prompted, and they've been things that we've needed to see. And in fact, some of the things that we've seen in their email or their social media, we've used to save
3: or rescue them, honestly, from some really dangerous situations. And I just, I love that. I think you hear that fear is a great motivator. And I know that sounds scary to us like we shouldn't instill fear and we shouldn't. But at the same time, a child may not understand consequences, but they do understand fear. Mm-hmm. So maybe having a little healthy dose healthy of fear fears. if my mom <laughs> reads this she or like, doesn't, maybe I. I won't do it. And maybe that sure. may be the only thing that stops them from sending something.
5: I think you're absolutely right. In fact, I was thinking as you were talking about what is that balance and how much do you be open about? And I think that depends, too, on each child. I mean, we have basic family rules. You docket it forth there. You docket here and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So they're just basics. But each child, one has a smartphone and one has a track phone that doesn't get access to Internet. And there's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And they learn that it's earning that responsibility. And so that as they show that they're responsible, they are able to have, I have one child that I don't do very much checking at all. And I completely trust her. She self-checks checks herself. But also, I think when the point is brought up that responding to those feelings that come, and I think that's the gift that we have as mothers, mm-hmm. is paying attention to those feelings. That's why it's so important that we're not so crazy busy every second. The, I just had a recent experience with one of my children. I was laying down with a toddler, and I had this feeling to get up. Now, my first thing was, be productive. I shouldn't be laying here then. I need to get up and be productive. That's what yeah. it is. And I walked out, walked into the office next door, and there was my daughter on her Kindle. And the door was open everything. But there she was on her Kindle, and I walked in, and she looked up, and she immediately was doing something to change it. Short, long story short, I was so proud of her. She was scared to death for me to see it. It had been one of those Japanese mangas, you know, that are kind of like, they look like a kid's cartoon, but they're not. They're very adult. And she knew that what she was watching was wrong. But it led to this beautiful experience, mm-hmm. wonderful discussion. And she ended up not having her Kindle for two months. And she's the one that came back to me and said, Do you know what I've realized without this Kindle, Mom? How much I'm going to it. When I'm bored, when I don't have I'm going to it. Mm-hmm. She said, I've read three book series. I've done my baking. I've done my drawing. I've done." And she started going down all the things that we had done together, things that we had shared. I think that's an important thing: is not making electronics the enemy, but saying, "Okay, good, better, best." What's better use of your time? And so, as far as the boundaries and the privacy, I think it's great for them to see. There's a reason why we're doing this, and it's not because we're harping on electronics, but there's a use for it. And this is all part and parcel of it. But.
2: Well, and I think there's a lot. There's a lot of important research really that supports kind of where we're headed as we finish this discussion today. Uh, one being that kids need privacy; they mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. So as as important it is as it is for us to be in their lives, we also need to make sure they have privacy. Even children as young as 18 Mm -hmm. months old or two years exhibit behavior that shows they need space for themselves, and that's Mm -hmm. privacy to them, and they need that time. And so that's really important to to understand. The other thing that we need to see that the research shows us is once we've told our children that they can have privacy, when we violate that, our children are much more likely to be Mm -hmm. defiant. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be really careful, because if we're going to say this is what privacy looks like in our home, but then we go against that, We've now started kind of this seedbed where our children are much more defiant when it comes to these issues. So we have to be careful and make sure that consequences are upheld and that what the rules look like stay the rules, right? That there's that commonality. Uh, Other things, as a parent, just like we're talking about, we, we know again from good research that when we feel concerned as parents, it probably means something bad is going on. It really does. And I mean, what, three of you have already said very clearly today that you have those feelings when you follow them we, we find something, right? So those feelings are really important to follow. And also it's really important for us too, as parents, to let our kids know if we want to call it snooping or invent, whatever you want to call it, that it's going to happen, right? So instead of, oh, I thought this was my private, you know, my private phone or my private, and now we're snooping behind the scenes. It's much better to be upfront and say, I want you guys to know, you know, these are the rules in our home, this is how things work. So just kind of some things I think we can keep in mind as parents so that we're not broadsiding our kids. No, nobody likes that, and they don't either. I think you know. for us it has been, <clears throat> excuse me,
4: hey, I'm going to do a phone check. I'm not going into the bedroom and sneaking in and looking at it, although I was led one day out in the garage refrigerator to just go, go ask your daughter for a phone check. Mm -hmm. And she was expressing these really deep, sorrowful feelings Mm -hmm. to a friend. And it allowed me to go, okay, now's not the time to bring this up. But at the same time, I just Mm kind of checked things over, tucked it away. And then later said, Hey, can we sit down and talk? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And uh, she was actually being bullied um, uh, by a, by a close friend through some things. And it, it, It opened that door. So I, you know, I feel like if if I'm going to be up front and say, hey, I'm going to check. I'm not hiding it. You're on my radar. I love you. And I think that's a big, I think that's a big difference between having to go so sneakily behind their back. But be up front and and say, yeah, we do this because we love you. And this is what it looks like in our household. And
2: I think it's important, like you're saying, these these things we're going to find aren't always, you know, pornography or, you know, those Mm -hmm. types of things. We're going to find. Maybe run across a lot of other things that we can help safeguard our children from before mm-hmm. it gets bigger or it gets worse or, or they have a rough day. You know, it, it could just make a bad day better and Absolutely. it could be that easy. And so we have to be, have our eyes open to all sorts of things. You know, there's those specifics we're worried about, but I think there's yeah. a lot more to it that we can. No ostrich bearing your head
4: right. in
0: the sand when right. it comes to social media and just technology. Right. Right. It's true. Right. I that's a really good point, Heather. I know a friend of mine uh had a son and she realized upon one of these phone checks that he was saying verbiage that he didn't even know what it meant. Mm-hmm. And so then yes, that brought, do. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, do you know what <laughs> that, that brought I mean? up a situation where she could sit down and say, Do you know what this means? Do you know what you're saying? You know, and, right. and of course he was horrified and that when he learned what he was actually saying I want to kind of talk about some of the hard things right now. Let's be blunt. What are we facing? What are our children facing today?
3: Ugh. (laughs) Well, I think... uh, Do you know what? I think for me, the thing that was shocking to me, because I... we, We talk about different ages and stages, and my oldest is eight, so I think I kind of walked around in this bubble thinking, oh, I don't have to deal with this right now. They don't have cell phones. And I... Too one day, just felt a feeling that I should talk to my son if he's ever seen pornography. What a weird conversation! He doesn't even know what the word pornography means. Mm -hmm. But it kept coming to me enough that I just sat down with him and we were cutting up vegetables together. And I said, "Hey, have you ever seen pornography on the iPad, on Mom's iPad or whatever?" And he was like, "Well, what is that?" I was really blunt and you know told him what it was. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that." And Oh, like huge gasp and I was like oh my gosh and in my head I'm thinking okay he thinks he's seen it he hasn't well then I said well describe to me what you saw and yes he Good had job. seen it and I just tried to not start sobbing and panic that I'm just, he was 7 at the time and I said okay mm-hmm. and I said well what happened and he said well I didn't know what it was but then I hurried and closed it and threw it on your bed and I went and told dad so I'm like A I'm going to kill my husband for not <laughs> telling me." tell me <laughs> B I'm like <laughs> why didn't you have to talk but then I sat there and I said okay well do you have any questions about what you saw and I'm panicked going how am I going to answer about what he saw but it was so profound because not did he ask hey what is this what is this anatomy I mean we haven't had a sex talk he's seven you know and but he said mom why would anybody let themselves be recorded doing something like that? And it touched my heart so much that that was what he asked. And I said, Oh my gosh, honey, I love that. You asked that you are absolutely right. Why would someone? And we had the most spiritual, awesome discussion for an hour about pornography and the dangers and how that, and it was so cool because now he will just openly. It's so open. We've had the conversation before. It's awkward to have that conversation that now we have it all the time I'm like hey have you seen anything else has there been anything you know is there and he knows it's not that he's a bad kid it pops up at times that like he doesn't even know that that's an issue of being bad or good or it's not it happens to everyone anyway I love that's that excellent.
1: you said that because I think that's one of the best ways to keep our kids safe is to teach them what to do because we know they'll encounter something yeah. and it's so important I love that he threw it on the bed and that's what yeah. we tell our kids you know them. turn it off or leave the room or get a parent or yeah. all those, those
4: kinds well, of and things I think what is so key is not overreacting it is really hard not to (laughs) overreact you know and let all of that fear and I we had um a daughter that received a really not not great uh text from a young boy Mm -hmm. uh, that was not so young Mm -hmm. he was two years older than she was I was really shocked at what he asked and I took it to my husband and I was like what do we do with this yeah and um and it was one of those things that I thought oh the walls have come down they can now get into the outside and ask something like this that I know my daughter is not even in the realm, or at least you hope not, but I, I responded to that young man, and to this day yes, I texted him and said hello, and I'll call him, that. you know, Steve Smith, just to be yeah. said, oh no, I know a Steve Smith, never mind, oh, okay <laughs> yeah. it's not you, now
3: not like Steve Smith dying right now this, yes, I didn't.
4: this is so and so's mother, I check her phone regularly, I'm sorry She's to see it. what I saw you that's text that, to my daughter that's exactly right, and when I saw that young man again, I made sure that I reached out in love. You know, awesome. I didn't want to That's label awesome. him for that because oh, these boys, my husband said, you know what? Boys will say things in a text that they would never say in person mm. at that age. And They're girl. terrified. But again, that mm-hmm. barrier's down. But let's not react like you're grounded and you're very you no, know, and well, you're never you're no. gonna get locked up. I think it's that openness, that honest communication that you know it's all out there, and we've got to be a safe landing and know how to respond appropriately.
5: And we have some learning to do. I just have to share real quick that when I talked to my daughter, we had just recorded the addiction show that morning. And so I, when I came in and was asked, I said, Hey, what are you watching? It was perfect because I remembered exactly what we talked about, which was staying calm and all mm. of this. And I knelt down on the floor while she sat on her chair so that she knew that I was not upset. And I just said, Hey, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what's going on. Mm. It was perfect. Mm. So I think educating ourselves, knowing how to approach these privacy issues is so huge because they will feel that whole children believe what they feel. They'll feel from us that calmness, that love of, Hey, I care about you more than this thing. And this is just part of what we do.
2: I was just going to say, Christy, going back to, you know, you said, what is it we're facing? What are, mm -hmm. what are we looking at? here. And I think we're so used to thinking this is something our children are going to go find, but it's more likely that it's going to be shown to them or Mm -hmm. sent to them Mm -hmm. or, you know, put in front of them than it necessarily is that they're going to go seeking it all the time. And so I think it's really important to recognize it might not always be them going out, but instead it it's coming at them. That's what they're facing. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know, constant,
0: I don't know, (laughs) it's a shooting range and it's
2: just constantly coming at them. So back to this need to, teach them how to deal with it, you know, the immediately shut it and come find me or whatever it is for the age that's correct. I think, I think that's really what's going on here. It's far more than them Finding it or well, seeking it, like,
3: yeah. Anything it's, it's coming. It will happen, happen again because that's right. what I told my son. I said this will happen again it's and again, and the more times you choose to throw it, the more times you will have the power to. But but I said if you ever prolong and you stay, it will get harder mm-hmm. and harder and harder. That's good.
4: An important point too is to say that there are things that will be visually. Exciting. Unfortunately, it's not something that's going to make you always feel horrible and yucky inside. We're chemical beings. And there is going to be something at some point that says, that's kind of interesting to see or look at. Mm -hmm. There's a good book that I've shared with my kids called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing um, Our Children. And we'll have that information. But uh, the thought is, is that, you know, there are going to be times when a young person sees something and says, that doesn't feel horrible. And what if I want to see more? And so I think there's even, we don't have to go into them now, but there's a lot of uh, stress relief and all of those things that sometimes people turn towards um, pornography or um, a, a part of technology and social media that isn't healthy. But you don't always, sometimes, immediately just go. Oh, wait a minute! An eight-year-old right. might, but you've got a sixteen-year-old sure. boy sure. who's all of a sudden going, "Hey, there's some hormones going on here." Right. So right. teaching also that these feelings sometimes it might feel a little exciting, but the reality is, is let's talk about dangers. Let's talk about what you want to safeguard and why. So going into those deeper, you know, teaching moments.
1: Sure. Right. Something else they're facing—it's—it's it's all over their music. Hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. hypersexualized and denigrating women. And objectifying women, Mm -hmm. its especially all over rap music, a lot of violence, a lot of disrespect. And I think that's something that we have to be attuned to and that we have to have discussions about. And it's a nice way to open a discussion. Do you know what that song was saying right there? And do you know how that makes people? Yes. 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 There are lots of times when I've said, oh let's turn this one off. And he's like, why is that bad? And then yeah. we, like, then we have a discussion. Let me tell you. So so, but I'm really proud of, mm-hmm. of my son mm-hmm. because he recently took all of the rap music off the computer, just completely took it off his devices and off the computer and I thought, well, good for you. You made that choice and you completely just realized, and it it made a difference in him. He's a happier, kinder, sweeter... More patient. I, I yes, sense that when we get yes. rid of that stuff, there's
2: more patience. Yeah, in it lives takes
1: away the rage and the anger, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, very interesting. I
5: love the fact that you bring this up. And I think to me, this is key on the boundaries and privacy is that helping them to find that within themselves. Mm-hmm. So the manner that we go about it helps them to internalize it. And then they do their own checks and balances. I had the same thing. We're at a birthday, going to a birthday party for one of my sons. We're in the suburban, all these kids, guys and girls, and the music. And I'm up at the front. I don't even know half the stuff. I'm so sad that this gal, she's sitting up at the front, and she is just doing this. And my son from the very back is going, no, change it. Uh, nope, change it. <laughs> no, blah, blah. <laughs> and right in front of his friends, and they were in their teens, mid-teens, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Awesome!" Where they're getting those—that's I think that as parents, that's our goal. So if we know that we're being too controlling, maybe figuring out a better way and sitting mm-hmm. down and asking them, "What is a way that I can check? What is the way that I can?" My friend says, "Trust but verify," and I think that's a powerful statement because it helps them understand, "I trust you, and I need to verify." We want well, them so to have right. their yeah. own internal yeah. filters.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm just
6: enjoying listening. I don't necessarily know if I have anything to add. I've got two kids, five and seven, and we don't they don't have devices and they don't have things and and my kids don't even know what television is like they go to a friend's house and they watch a commercial and they're like mom I saw this show it was about a toy and it was really <laughs> small and short it was oh, it was really short but i saw a show about a toy because we watch netflix and right. other things right. in our house and i think that's one thing that's so good because even even the commercials that they show i was sitting out at my aunt's house and my kids were watching disney junior shows that we watch on netflix but even still the commercials that were Ooh, in yeah. between and um, Kids talking poorly to their parents yes. And, yes. and and saying and calling their friends stupid in commercials mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even yes. things like that. So that's the world I live in. I don't even live in the cell phone world yet, but mm-hmm. I just Aren't we glad I know I'm like <laughs> <that's>, I <know, laughs> like, 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 that world. I, you're not gonna have a cell phone until you're done. Yeah, yeah I know. And Your I know. Words. Yes, yeah. I know that I will. But <laughs> I, I just think to myself how different the world is because when I was when I was 16, I got my first pager. Me too. Me too. My mom's way of of um, are giving us oh, privacy I was know, giving like me that. a phone but awesome. then standing outside the door and she listened to everything we talked about on the phone or you could Round. tell when she clicked yes. the phone was listening to the oh, conversation no. to her. or
2: two way, remember when it went yes, two way so Wait. someone else, you're like mom, mom are you on the I other line you. I can yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. The one of the thoughts that I had as a I listened line. to you wise ladies is just how important it is to teach my kids difference in feelings and how mm. important it is to teach my kids what feels good and what feels like the spirit and what feels like um, something that's positive and what doesn't, and helping them understand the difference between those feelings. And as we grow, we'll have those conversations. And Kate's reminding me, I need to start having those conversations. Ugh. And the words that my son comes home from saying from school in the first grade, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh dear heavens, we're gonna have to, we gotta talk about stuff. I'm, I'm reading some of those books about how you yeah. talk to your kids about sex. Anyway, um, I will say it on my, <laughs> under my breath. But the last thing I'll just say on this is just I think the most important thing we need to do is teach our kids to understand the difference between good and bad mm-hmm. and to help them feel the difference between good things so that when those bad things come up,
0: they can say, oh, this is a this is a bad thing, not a good thing. And that's those are the things I'm working on. That's early. really beautiful, Michelle. That perfectly aligns with this wonderful quote by Benjamin Franklin that says, tell me and I forget teach me and I may remember involve me and I learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important in this to remember that we are teammates with our children. Mm -hmm. We're on the same team. And I try to tell my kids all the time, we are on the same team. I am on your team Mm -hmm. Um, behaviors and uh, things that we don't want our children to have thrive in shame Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important that we don't shame our kids. And we talk about how our kids are, you know, and then they made this choice and it was great. And then they came and told me and it was great. But you guys, the truth is we're going to have times when our mm-hmm. kids mess up. Absolutely. And
2: they're mm-hmm. going to make the I mistakes. I still mess up. Yeah. yeah. I have <laughs> kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So why, I where are we to kind of step back and think, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, you know far less. I've had far fewer life experiences but you can't ever make a mistake exactly. but when I do oh, by all means overlook it yeah right. Right. exactly and right. do that it so so can't. <laughs> yeah, that's a different show
0: <laughs> can we please 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 not shame our children no, yes. but join with them jump in there in these awful trenches with them and let's fight with them not on different and teams I, mm. I want my children to have a healthy idea
4: of what sexuality is and mm-hmm. so I don't want to put it behind a closed door and say you can't look can tell you know you're married I want them to know that there are beautiful parts to intimacy and so that's a very good you know a very good point that we want to be part of their team we want them to develop that healthy sexuality and that's another show but the reality is is that if we shame them we may do some damage that can't be undone later so it's a very quick balance
6: um, the other thing I want to say is I love the letter that the mom wrote to her teenage son when she handed him a cell phone. It went around the Internet a few years ago, and I'll share it again. But I just, you know, she sends in this letter, and I'm not going to read it, but there's 14 points. But the first one is, it's my phone. I bought it. I pay for it. Oh, Aren't I the greatest? I remember that. But then it's like, I'm loaning this phone to you <laughs> yes. for the, for use in the day so that I can call you. And, yes, you can call your friends, and, yes, you can text them. But, you know, and she, t- she goes through appropriate times to talk, and she said, don't send or look at anything that you wouldn't do with me in front of you. And mm. and then at the very end, she says exactly what we're talking about. You will mess up. I will take away your phone. We will sit down and talk about it, and then we will start over again. So you awesome. and I, mm-hmm. we're always learning. I'm on your team, and we're in this together. I love it. And, awesome. But I love that because we talk about setting boundaries. We talk about privacy, and she did all of those things in advance. And she said, Here are the things mm-hmm. that I'm going to do. You're going to check it in at night. I'm going to check your phone before you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning. And I'm going to do all these things, but we're in this together, and you're going to make a mistake, and then we're going to work on it, and that's how we do it. I feel like that's what this is about. And and sometimes I think the privacy can come from other places. That we don't necessarily have to give them privacy with their devices. Exactly we give right. them privacy yes. with their time. We give them privacy with their personal belongings, their journals, whatever that the is. News. But that we but that we set the appropriate boundaries on the appropriate things. I well, love and I think that. trust
2: works that way too, right? Yes. If we build that trust beforehand, before all of this, and we work to build that trust in all the other areas, then we can have that same amount of trust when it comes to devices or when it comes to finding things they shouldn't or and so i think you're right michelle it really is developing it beforehand and then we can you know roll from there
3: i love that you talked about trust i just was going to tell really briefly i remember one of my roommates in college telling me one time just at night we were both in our beds asleep and and we talked for a second before we fell asleep and she happened to tell me that she had ended up having sex with a boy in high school and really regretted it Mm -hmm. and she said you have no idea how many times I wished that my mom would just come downstairs and point blank ask me if I had done that because mm. I hated carrying that alone. Oh. And I love that because I think that is our responsibility mm-hmm. is Absolutely. to ask the hard questions because our children mm-hmm. should not have to carry that alone. They should not be shamed. They should not. And that was an opportunity for a mother to come in and say, yes, yeah, she made a mistake, but I love you because that girl knew she had made a mistake, but she needed to feel love. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a friend who um was working with a youth group at church and she was teaching an internet safety class and she had a friend basically pose as a shill put up a fake picture and a fake name and start friending all of the people in the group and mm. every single one of them ended up friending her because they look and they're like oh mutual friends oh she friended her okay and I and mean, the dangers of that so many people pose online and I know friends who have been victims of that. And I just think it's really important in the boundary discussion that we let our kids know that they can really should only friend people that they actually know directly in person. Mm-hmm.
2: We mm-hmm. just had that exact discussion with our kids. Get... And
1: they're not even on they're not even in those spaces
2: yet. Right. But, you know, my husband sat them down and it was like you gotta understand this is happening out there, whether you like it or not, and it might sound scary, but it's real life and so we need to talk about real life Definitely. and that's hard. Yeah. I really it. wish that we had a lot more time to discuss
0: <laughs> another show. Okay, yeah. another show. So now what do we do? We know yeah, the yeah. problems. What do we do? <laughs> um, I wanted to close today's show with some six practical tips, things you can take with you today um, as far as how to implement these practices into your home. Number one, set clear expectations and consequences before the problems occur. Number two, keep the lines of communication open. Be willing to have the hard talks. Number three, Make a plan to monitor, be consistent in your plan, and enforce consequences. Number four, remember to avoid shaming and instead embrace growing. Number five, if you need help, get it now. Mm-hmm and number 6 remember that love is the answer with these beautiful children in our homes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take courage parents, we've got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these children I mean, are each other. We do. Yeah. yeah. These children are the most important thing we will ever do, our biggest contribution to the world and of course our greatest loves. As Forrest Whitcraft so wisely said, a hundred years from now, it will not matter what my bank account was, the sort of house I lived in, or the kind of car I drove, but the world may be different because I was important in the life of a child. If you're interested in the resources, quotes, and other conversation from today's show, you can find it at www.fromthelivingroom.com. While we're talking about all things
6: fun, traditional, and getting excited about the holidays, I hope you'll check out host Connie Sokol's Christmas Kisses and Echo Ridge Anthology. Connie, tell us a little bit more about that book. Oh, it's so fun. If you're wanting to curl up by the fire with a fun, clean, cozy
5: romance, we have five authors that got together, said, let's create this great book. And it's an anthology, five fabulous authors, a place called Echo Ridge and all the things that go on there with romance and faith filled and people and redemption and people really getting that holiday
6: spirit back. And so it's on amazon.com if you want a really fun Christmas read. Awesome, and check us out at FromTheLivingRoom.com where we'll be sharing more information about Christmas Kisses and Echo Ridge
0: Anthology. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show, and in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.